Hey, this is your name, your name, your name. And uh, they say it ain't easy. He's real. Have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about an effort on the field. Ooh. We're talking about the process at which we do things. Oh, I'm not gonna lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not gonna have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rut. Own this rut. The New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast broadcasting you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined not by Mike Lagaris for the first time ever. I hope you're not disappointed. I hope you're not turning the show off right now, everybody. Keep rolling with us. We're still going to bring the fire, okay? Mike has stuff going on this week. Next week also. I'll be back after that. Don't be alarmed. Mike is still in the mix. Mike's still rolling with us. All right, everybody? For this week, I got the Wookiee. I got the greatest high school football coach in the nation. Welcome, boys. What's going on? Dude, everyone did pretty good with their playoff picks last week. Let me get to that real quick. Wookiee, you went 5-1, and one, Wook. Ooh. Tremendous job. If you would have rolled with the Cowboys, which just you can't do because you're a Giant fan. Yeah. In your soul, you couldn't pick the Cowboys. And I get that, Wookiee. But if you did, you would have been 6-0. Tremendous week by you. Everyone else went 4-2. We're going to get into our picks from last week. Talk about next week as well. Everyone's doing pretty good. I have Mike's picks here. When it comes to the Jet universe, though, only a few real news and notes to get to. I guess the main one being, guys, Lamar Jackson. I haven't spoken to Sammy about it. Haven't spoken to the Wookiee about it either. The odds now have shifted in Vegas. Look, if he does leave or get traded from the Ravens, right now, the New York Jets are the number one favorites, according to Vegas, to land Lamar Jackson. Jets number one, Falcons number two, Raiders number three, Panthers number four. And I think, guys, before the, before last week, guys, if you would have told me, and people have, uh, people have mentioned in our Jet Chats and stuff, have suggested we're going to get or maybe be in the play for Lamar Jackson next season. I said, well, that's ridiculous. How, look how good he is. He's going to get franchise tag. I'm not even going to entertain it. But then, last week occurred. He decided, and it's his own personal choice, we'll get into what you guys think, not to play last week, okay? Has a PCL strain. A grade one is 10 days to 14 days, guys. A grade two is about four weeks. This is six weeks after he got injured. It was December 4th. Doesn't play the game. So a lot of comments from media people, a lot of comments from Raven fans, his own teammates, kind of, sort of, read between the lines, throwing shade at him, guys. I was surprised by that. So let me see. I want to see what you have to say first, Sammy. We'll talk about Lamar as a jet possibility in a moment. But just your head coach, I know you would never put a player in a position to injure themselves further if you thought there was any chance to do that. I know in the past, you've taken kids out. I've watched you do that. So I know you care about your player, Sammy. But in this case, with Lamar, where they're at, PCL strain. Hey, I don't know what his knee feels like, but I've had a PCL strain. I play softball all year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I play yeah. center field, baby. So when it comes to the injury and him not playing and kind of the way it looks to the public perception, what's your, what's your take on that, Sammy? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't look great, right? Because he's your franchise quarterback and you're in the playoffs. You're hoping that he comes out. That game was close for him not even yeah. playing. So if he's in that game, he's a difference maker. Everybody knows it. They might win that game. And now you're looking at something totally different fan base wise. The OC just stepped down, right? He was just like, I'm, I'm out. 
good luck in Baltimore. I'm going to go on to new endeavors or whatever he said. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe there was a disconnect there with him in the OC and he just thought he was being put in bad positions and didn't want to get hurt because maybe he didn't trust the play caller. Yeah, sure. um, I could see that being a thing for him as well. Um, but it's I, I could also now see that sort of fracturing his relationship with Baltimore, potentially wanting to go elsewhere. Yeah. Sammy, that could be factors. Like, I'm just, what What do you think, Wookie? Were you surprised? I know me, you, a bunch of our buddies on our football chat, we were all talking about it. Were you surprised, Wook? I know we don't know how hurt he is, and it's easy for us to say what he should do. But what did you think, Wookie, when you heard he wasn't going to suit up for this game, considering how close the game was, how big the game was, PCL strain? I don't know. What, what were you thinking about that, Wook? Um, I don't know. There, there was a tweet, I think, and, and don't quote me. This is like, uh, this isn't verbatim, but... It was something along the lines when, like, when you know you have something good, you treat it right, you don't let it, and then you let it treat you right, or some, some crap like that. And I'm like, yo, this guy wants to leave Baltimore. Like, he's not playing. He's not going to play this game. This is, he thought, he thinks you fu- you screwed him over. Yeah. And now, see you later. Yeah, like, I saw that, that too. It. Yeah, I saw that too, Wookie. Like, these ominous messages from these players on Twitter, man, that you're supposed to read between the lines on. Obviously, he doesn't feel either treated well or respected by the franchise or whatever the case may be. I know he doesn't have an agent. His mom's his agent, technically. I think my own personal opinion, guys, is if he had a a normal, like one of these shark top NFL agents, okay? I'm not saying they would advise him to play if he was hurt. That's not what I'm saying. But I would definitely think they'd advise him to go about things a little differently than he has with the tweets and things like that. When you're not in a position really of any leverage, aside from the fact that maybe you want to... If Say, say he says... I'm sitting out next year. Uh, I'm not playing unless I get a contract from the Ravens, the contract that I want. Um, he's getting franchise tag one way or the other anyway. You know, they could franchise tag him two years in a row if he wants. And then if he sits out, it just rolls over to the next year. You know, we've seen this with Le'Veon Bell, guys. You know, it's unfortunate the way the structure's set up in the NFL. Not a lot of leverage for these players, but I was I thought it was interesting, guys. I've never really seen a player six, seven weeks after a PCL strain not play a quarterback especially a playoff game it's kind of uncharted territory but he is a guy that scrambles a lot maybe he thought he could do further damage he's thinking about his long-term career i totally get that when it comes to his record though um 45 and 16 since this kid came in the league so one thing lamar jackson does is win football games and uh, we just spoke about what happened last week with the injury i don't think he liked how the, some of his teammates put him on blast. He got some shade thrown at him. Harbaugh kind of stepped around it a little bit. Didn't necessarily say he thought the injury was the worst thing in the world. But things have changed a bit. I think he's still going to get franchise tagged, which will give them the opportunity to trade him. But what do you... Let me let me throw this different question at you guys. We talked about last week and what we thought. When you look at the landscape next year of the Jets and who we might potentially try to bring in at quarterback, the Jets can say whatever they want about Zach Wilson. He's not going to be the quarterback next year. I don't think any Jet fan actually realistically thinks that either. Would you, let me, I'm going to ask you first to look. You have Carr out there, you have Jimmy G out there, right? And you have Lamar Jackson. Of course, of the three of them, Lamar Jackson is the most highly talented and the youngest. But Lamar Jackson will, A, want to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. B, you have to give up a boatload of picks to get him. So, Wookie, that's on one side of the scale. The other side of the scale is probably a lot cheaper options. Jimmy G, Derek Carr, both still pretty good. Which direction do you think is a better direction for the Jets to go long-term, Will? Uh, I mean, again, you can't... It's always easy to spend other people's money. Yeah. But um, I, I, if I was serious, I would literally, I, I would really look at Lamar. Um, because you can also probably get... 
his old OC, I can't remember his name, the guy that stepped down. Um, and you know what that looks like with those two together. You know that that works. And uh, I think if you can get both of them, lock them down for a long-term deal. I mean, you've got the defense. You've got the weapons. You can continue to draft more weapons. Brees Hall comes back. I mean, that's that's scary. And that's scary really quickly. Yeah, that's true. What do you think, Sammy? I mean, I know Lamar Jackson's talent is just unbelievable when it comes to what he can do. He's become a pretty decent passer, rushing the ball. He's on a historical pace right now. Do you think you give it, if this was possible, Sammy, they franchise tag him and they want to trade him. Do you give up all you have to give up to get him, then make him the highest paid Q and just run with it? Or do you think it's smarter to keep the picks, keep some of your assets, and go with a guy like a Jimmy G or a Derek Carr? Uh, I, it's tough. Like uh, Lamar Jackson's durability brings up a lot of questions because he has been hurt recently, the past two seasons, um, especially. So that that makes me really afraid. Like ideal situation, I want to see you bring in Jimmy G, and then maybe try to give some of that capital. If you really like one of these quarterbacks, move up in the draft to go get one of them, and then let him sit for the year. Let Jimmy G do it because you know what the ceiling of Derek Carr and Jimmy G are. Yeah. Right. So you know, like long term, that's not the answer. That it's just sort of like a plug and play scenario where you want somebody to win you football games and potentially make a run at the end of the season. So I'm more comfortable with getting that, keeping a lot of the young talent and draft capital, and sort of like investing in the future a little bit. Because I think there's something to say about a quarterback that sits. I think those guys usually pan out and play pretty well. Um, take Mike White for example like he hasn't played the best his ceiling's limited as well but sure. he sat for a few years learned came into an offense to play great so yeah. I think you get a guy who's more athletically inclined than Mike White is and has a higher ceiling I think the same thing applies yeah no I got you Sammy and I think you guys both made a good case there I think there's a case to be made both directions like did the search the search for a consistently good jet quarterback has been going on for my entire life and so whatever you'd have to do to get that guy, I think most Jets fans would say, do it. And if that guy is going to be one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, like Lamar Jackson, the money, Jet fans don't give a shit about that. They don't care about that. I don't think Woody Johnson really cares about that either. Then on the flip side, I think Derek Carr and Jimmy G, Sammy, I think they're a little bit better than just kind of a plug-in play guy because they're both only 31 years old. I know what you're saying, but I mean, Jimmy G's win-loss in his career is pretty good. And if you look at the type of team that Jimmy G was quarterbacking, it's a team that what? What do they have? Good, decent, um, decent to really, really good weapons at wide receiver, right? After Debo, I mean, Ayuk's really stepped up this year, so I should say really, really good wide receivers. We have some pretty good wide receivers. He has a pretty good run game. We have that. Their offensive line is superior to ours in every single way. We have to get that fixed. But I think the Jets kind of have a similar personnel outside of the offensive line to what they're trying to do out there. Um, maybe not the tight end. Kittle's tremendous too. I know the Niners are better. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want anyone to say, what are you talking about, Keith? But it's similar-ish. But me, as long as it's not Zach Wilson, um, I'm good. If you brought Derek Carr in here or you brought Jimmy G in here and Mike White is healthy and he's the backup, I think most Jet fans would feel pretty good about that. But if somehow there was some type of just nuclear, unbelievable scenario where Lamar Jackson's not going back to Baltimore and they give up on a 26-year-old franchise quarterback at this point, I mean, that would be. Jet fans, I think, would be clamoring for him. You saw Jet fans foaming at the mouth this week. Odds in the Jets' favor right now when it comes to Vegas as well. I don't even know why that would be, but I like seeing that, guys. Um, Some other Jet notes here, guys. Like, we know 
Mike LaFleur has gotten fired. Now, this is one of those scenarios where he's already fired, so this isn't the biggest deal, but maybe sheds a little bit more light into why Elijah Moore didn't play that game, Sammy. Because, for instance, Sammy, you're out there. You're out there calling plays up, Sammy. One of your wide receivers in a game so happened to not get a target. It's just the way the game script worked out. You know, just how it works. Maybe the quarterback, like, oh, and Sammy will tell you guys, it's not like a guy doesn't get targets because that's the plan. A quarterback, you might be covered on every play. Every read might not be your way on a play. It's just sometimes how it works out. Elijah Moore didn't get targets that one week. Oh, damn, I'm forgetting who the game was against. I apologize, guys. But that was the week apparently he told LaFleur to fuck off and told him that he sucks. And the same night requested a trade kind of uh, leaning into his immaturity and kind of exposing himself. Sammy, I don't know what, we don't have to get too much into this, but I just want to know how you would handle this. As, since you're a head coach, what would you do in this situation if one of your players treated you like that or somebody on your coaching staff? Um, it's tough, right? Because you, you're confronted with this, maybe sometimes it's reality too, maybe you're having an off day and you suck right now, you know? Yeah. But you also feel like you've got to mitigate the lack of respect because if you don't respond appropriately everybody is gonna sort of like you'll diminish in their eyes sure um so you have to be really stern and sort of set the tone of like and he did right he was like I'm, you're not playing you know like i'm just gonna sit you you're exactly. not playing and that's that's how i'm gonna respond to this and i think that was the appropriate move especially when a player curses you out um, about your play calling but again unfortunately he wasn't entirely wrong right yeah. maybe you say that in a different context you said it perfectly right he was immature maybe yeah. you say it privately you do it in a closed door meeting you don't sort of in front of the whole team be like hey you fucking suck or yeah fuck yeah off, right um so yeah that, that's my view on that Wookie, do you agree with that i mean if if you're gonna say say we heard like a deandre hopkins said that to a coordinator on the cardinals We'd all still be like, wow, that's that's pretty harsh, dude. But he's such a vet. You'd be like, ah, it's Andrew Hopkins. He's been around for a while. At this point in his career, Wook, when we're five or six weeks in, Elijah Moore has done nothing. He has done nothing in this league. So do you think, you know, it's just a case of maybe, maybe he's right, but he's not really in a place to be opening his mouth up, just considering where he's at in his career? Yeah, I mean, even if he did want to open up his mouth at this point in his career, I think what Sammy said makes a little bit more sense. Hey, you do that, you know, behind closed doors. I mean, you have that argument with him. You say that to that man, but you don't just go out there and let the entire world know what's going on. Yeah. You yeah. know, you're in the midst of a good run. The team's winning, so you don't catch a few balls. Shut the fuck up. Roll yeah. with the punches until the game plan happens to go your way. It's going to happen. It happens. It's cyclical all year long with receivers, for the most part. Nah, that's true. I mean, they won the game, too, that he's complaining about. So he kind of showed his kind of showed himself there in that situation what his priorities are when it comes to wins and losses and his statistics um but at the same token guys in two in his rookie season he only played 11 games and he had 77 targets 538 yards 43 receptions his rookie year right only 11 games played last year 16 games only 65 targets 446 yards so his numbers were drastically worse well not drastically worse but uh, decently worse this year and he played five more games only averaged about 27 yards a game. So he was kind of a non-factor this year, Elijah Moore. I think he's a really good weapon. And next year, whoever our offensive coordinator is, I'm sure will make it a priority to get the ball to that kid and get him going. One other jet note here before we go into the playoffs, guys. Uh, Sauce Gardner. Now, we all know we've been having accolades all season. From the first game of the year until week 18, 
The kid was a baller, played great. We saw it right away. We saw it before the draft, which we want him to be on the Jets, guys. The guy is just absolutely dynamic. He's the highest rated player at cornerback on PFF.com in 17 seasons. And he's a rookie. I mean, that, that's just absolutely remarkable, guys. Um, you're talking about the first Jets cornerback to make all pro since. Darrell Revis, obviously, guys. Only rookie on the Jets that's ever made the All-Pro team. The first CB, I should say, rookie CB, to be on the All-Pro team in 40 years for Sauce. And then you hear this week, the kid's going back to school to get his degree? You got a 3.5 GPA? I mean, he's doing it. Is he not, Sammy, is he not covering all his bases? On the field, off the field, it seems like we have the total package here with our boy Sauce. I love this kid. Like this, <laughs> he's so great, the swag. He, ha he shows it on the field. He's doing the right things off the field. He's being a good role model too for like up and coming players and showing them, hey, like you could do both these things and like you should get a degree just because you play football doesn't mean it's not, it, most players, it's too late when they realize that, right? That eventually it's over and you've got to do something else. Um, I just, I mean, he's playing, he's playing so well. He's getting his, I love this kid. He's I crazy. love him too. He's amazing. I mean, he's... also, I have other good news for Jeff Vance too. Is Makai Becton looked nice and skinny a couple days ago? Dropped I mean, 15, nice. 20 pounds. It, is a chance. it might be about two entire seasons too late, but all you want him to do is go in the right direction. I saw that too, Sammy, that he got hurt so quick. I had, I had some big expectations for him this year, guys. Um, but I'm really feeling sauce. I'm really happy the kids are going back to school. Seems like he has a really, really good head on his shoulders. Um, someone that's one of the best rookies of all time in the NFL is like, yeah, I understand that, but I'm going to make sure I got a plan B just in case things go sideways in any way, shape, or form. So kudos to my boy Sauce. Now let's get into some of these playoff picks. The situation uh, kind of got heavy on me. The Wookiee was tremendous last week. Starts off hot right now, okay? Wookiee went 5-1. and one. Start the playoffs off, guys. We're going to go through all the games here. Let's start off with that 49er game which we all did pick the Niners to win. I think the Geno, man, he struggled in that game. It's not like that good. The 49ers is just a superior team. All four of us picked. Yeah, I thought, I thought the 49ers played well, guys. They're obviously one of the more well-rounded teams in the league right now. Um, Brock Purdy, how long he can continue to play the way he's playing? I don't know. The Geno Smith, you know, fairy tale kind of came to an end. All of us getting a win right there. Now this next game, look, you guys all picked the Jaguars, all right? Let me tell you something. At the end of the first half, what were you thinking about that pick? Just, just tell your boy right quick. Because oh, I picked, no. I had the target oh, taking a dunk. No. And I was talking to wifey? Now you shouldn't, I counted the money, right guys? I counted the money before the, before the game was over. I shouldn't have done that. I'm looking at wifey like, babe, I'm the only one that picked the Chargers. They are smacking the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> okay, I think Trevor Lawrence, to start off and throw four ints the way he did, I was telling Mike this, play that bad in the first half, and then to come back in the second half and play well, put those drives together, he played really good. And that just shows you so much about what type of player the kid is. Oh, definitely. What kind of we were hoping, you know, we had here in a guy like Zach, which is maybe in the first quarter or the second quarter, you face some adversity, but you don't let it destroy you. And you saw that from a Trevor Lawrence, man. The way they came back was kind of unbelievable. And also, what do you think Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer, right? Let me how what was his roller coaster during that game when you saw them getting spanked? And then they come back, take a dub. Pretty much this. Now, look, the Jacksonville Jaguars got some serious talent in the draft and in Frazier this year. Not the same team as last year, but a new coach. They're in the playoffs. They won a playoff game. Where do you think Urban Meyer's head's at, Will? I think his head's up his own ass. So he's, he, I mean, 
Urban Meyer is just like, get out of here, bro. Just you're, you went there with, with, in my belief, no intention to really do anything much. It was no. like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm in the NFL now. Uh, what's up, everybody? You had this kid's unbelievable, and you couldn't have made him any worse by being in that situation as a head coach. Yeah. So I think he's just a POS type of human being. Yeah, see what happens when you get an actual football team together with the right coaching staff. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, Peterson's a great coach. What do you think, Sammy, about that game? I was one as, as a neutral spectator. Of course, I would like Chargers to win for our picks here. But just watching as a neutral spectator, I mean, that's as good as it gets when it comes to NFL football. And the comeback was absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And like I, you hit the nail on the head. Lawrence looked like two different players in each half, but the response was wild. And to do it in such a big moment, in the prime time, in the playoffs, team literally won five games in a row to win the division. And you kind of keep that rolling a little bit. I think they run into a bit of a buzzsaw this week, but um, I think it was nice while it lasted for them. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree with you. I agree with you, man. Four interceptions in the first half and then four touchdowns in the second half for Lawrence, man. You can't really turn it around better than that. All right, let's get into this Dolphin game next. Look, we thought the Bills would win. Okay, everybody picked the Bills. But guys, this was this was not an easy win for the Bills. I mean, considering Skylar Thompson's out there, I was really surprised with how they went. And this the way they played in this game has a big uh, had a big effect on how I picked this next round. Because I did not like how the Bills looked, okay? Josh Allen played one of the worst games he's played all season. Now, he hasn't. He was great in the playoffs last year, but if you remember the year before, he was absolutely horrible. Um, this game, though, Sammy, probably a lot closer than it should have been considering Skylar Thompson is in there at quarterback and you're playing a home game in Buffalo favored by 14 points. I, mean, I took the Dolphins getting 14, guys. What do you think about that game, Sammy? You think that was a lot closer than you thought? Way closer than I thought. And I, you know, I was really surprised. I get it that you've played each other twice already, so the third time you sort of figure each other out a little bit, tendency-wise, and what they're looking to do. Um, But they did what the Jets did. They literally rushed four, dropped everybody in coverage, and just prayed that they could get to Al, and then they did it pretty successfully. And I think that kept them in that game for a really long time. Um, That offense, Miami, just looked super stagnant. So I really, I think the defense carried that entire game for them. But... You know, the better team won. We figured the Bills would, even though it was tight. I don't, you know, I don't, again, Josh Allen's not good at breaking down zones and delivering really concise and well-thrown football. So people are just going to keep exposing that, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, and he lost the fumble. He threw two interceptions. So not a great day for Josh Allen. Obviously, one of the elite quarterbacks in the league, but it seemed like the Dolphins kind of just sat back. And look, they scored 34 points. It's not like, the, not like the Bills' offense was struggling out there, guys. But a lot of big mistakes and big crunch moments. But we all get the W there, guys. Now, when it comes to this next game, Giants-Vikings. Wookie, the only one to ride with the Giants. So I'm going to be honest here, Wookie. Before we did the show last week, and Mike knows he was surprised during the picks because I told him, I was like, I think the Giants are going to win. And then I came on the show. I got cold feet, Wook. I didn't have the balls because in my head, I'm like, wait a minute. As we're doing the show, I'm like, they're not going to. I started thinking about myself. The Giants, man, they play all these close games, blah, blah, blah. And I should have went with my gut because the first time they played, the Giants played them really well. And the Giants have a type of team like you saw, Wook. Now, we'll get to Daniel Jones in a second. But they have a type of team that is, look, they're not great at anything, but they're pretty good at, at everything. They're pretty. And that right. team across the board, there's not really a spot. They're horrible, the G-men. Right? I know I know you'd love to have some more talent at wide receiver. I understand that. But your wide receivers last week, this guy Hodgin, he looks like Stefan Diggs out there. 
came well, out of nowhere. And he's making blocks all over the place to it. I mean, look, I'll, I'll let you take the floor here for your G-Man. Tremendous win, and you pretty much controlled the game throughout. And Daniel Jones, I'll say this, well, I've been critical of, you know, not on this show, but, you know, just, just privately, me and my friends, probably played his, his best game he's ever played with, that I've ever seen, at least. Oh, no, absolutely. I agree. And, uh, I, you know, the criticism at, at a lot of points on Daniel Jones was warranted. I, me, I was wrong about him. I mean, Gettleman, I can't stand him, but that it, it, he might end up being a really solid pick. Um, and the way the defense played, even though they gave up a ton of points, it, it's fun watching Lawrence. It's fun watching that defense play. And um, I got a feeling, well, we'll get into that in a little bit, but I'm just happy the way we showed up, and I'm happy we uh, we moved on to the next round. Long, long time coming. I mean, I know how successful we were 2007 and, and 2011, but 10 years in, 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 a, in a fan's eye of not getting a sniff, really, yep. you get a little you get a little stir-crazy. But oh, Absolutely, uh, dude. It was a great win, so hopefully hopefully we keep the ball rolling there. Kudos to the G-Men. Give you some love. Look for the pick and your team. Happy you guys got the W. I don't have any type of giant angst, Jet fans. I know some of you guys don't like the Giants, just like some Met fans don't like the Yankees. I don't live in that world of negativity. Um, I'm not going to say I was rooting for the Giants, but I was happy you guys won. Sammy, the stats for Daniel Jones in this game, this is like a Josh Allen game. He had 301 yards, two touchdowns passing. He ran 17 times for 78 yards in this game. I mean, this Daniel Jones that played last week, if he plays like that again next week, I think the Giants have a legitimate shot at beating the Eagles, dude. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, I wasn't a firm believer that Daniel Jones, I wasn't a firm believer that Daniel Jones could sling it that way. Um, and damn, he like shut me up because he looked really, really good. He was tremendously efficient. He had zip on the ball. He was putting it in great places where they could catch and run. Yep. He's hitting people on target. He's making plays with his feet. He was cutting that defense up uh, by himself. You know, Barkley had added the two touchdowns. He had a pretty decent day. But when Barkley has 50 and your quarterback's got 78 with 300 in the air, it's hard to lose football games with a defense that's playing really well right now. Yep. Um, again, unfortunately, like, I feel like they're going to run into a little bit of a buzzsaw, too, this week. But, um, <laughs> you know, I hey, we'll so if Daniel Jones plays that way, you're 100% right. They could he, they played that last game against the Eagles really tight. And yeah. I know Hurts was banged up, and that's what everybody's been saying. But even if – Hurts is still probably going to be a little banged up. So, you know, we'll see how that game turns out. I think it would be much closer than people think, though, for sure. Yeah, and, and I think so too, uh, Sammy. Those divisional games, I mean, look, one thing that's, that lends itself in the Giants' favor is this. is like I remember when the Jets, 2010, they lost to the Patriots twice that year. They got spanked the second time. Everybody knows the game. I think it was 56 to 6 or something like that. Rex buries the football, and six or seven weeks later, we're playing the Patriots 15 and 1. Haven't lost a home playoff game in God knows how long in New England. Big upset for the Jets, the last time we really had some glory. And I think a lot of it had to do with the familiarity of the team. I know we got spanked by them the second time, but look, you go, you check the film out, you see what you did wrong, and you do kind of get that familiarity of the team. We'll get into these picks in a second when it comes to G-Men and the Eagles. I do think the Giants have a good shot in that game. Last two wildcard games from last week to touch on, another divisional battle, Ravens, Bengals. We spoke about it. Lamar didn't play. 24-17 tight one. I'd have to think if Lamar Jackson plays... That's a dub for the Ravens, guys. I mean, we all picked the Cincinnati Bengals to win last week. All of us did. All four of us. But 
that type game they just played, um, I mean, not only from the fact that they would have scored more than 17, but if Lamar Jackson's playing in the game, a lot of incompletions from Huntley, I think they'd run the clock like they always do. I mean, they're they're able to dictate. The reason the Ravens are so good, they have the ball a lot more than everyone else when Lamar Jackson plays. They kind of dictate the pace of the game. It's what they do. They've been doing it since he's been there. They've been doing it since before Lamar Jackson. Um, with him, they do it even better. All of us got that game right, guys, the Bengal game. And we got the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. The game your boy came up big on. I'm the only one that was rolling with the Cowboys. I thought in my head, the Buccaneers are going to get smacked, which is what I told you guys. All right, I said they're going to get beat down. Do you guys think this is the... And the Cowboys are what they are. We know that one week they can look like they just looked. Four touchdowns for Dak. I think, what, 425 total yards on a really good Tampa Bay defense. And we know the next week, you don't even know what Dak you're going to get. At least historically in his career, that's how it's been, guys. What do you think about Tom Brady? Do you think this is his swan song? What do you think he's going to be back next year for, with a different team? Honestly, I don't know. Um, he retired for 40 days and came back. Now, my guess is he's probably going to come back, but it's going to have to be a place where he, like he did when he left New England. He found a place that was ready to go. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure there's a couple teams out there, more than a couple teams yeah. out there that are going to look into him. <clears throat> Yeah. You know, it's not like you don't want the, the greatest of all time, I, I hate saying it, uh, on their it's, squad. Yeah. But it's going to have to be a team that's that's really close to uh, winning now, I would imagine. Absolutely. If not, I, I could actually see him turn into that, that TV deal. Yep. Uh, whoever, I forget which uh, company is going to give him that mega deal to be an analyst. So yeah. uh, I really don't know. But either way, I'm sure he's going to be all right. <laughs> Yeah, I think Brady will figure it out one way or the other. He's probably, if he does play next year, he's going to come to a team that's ready to rock and roll and take W's. Hey, the Jets are ready. What, what would it match? Imagine Brady in green and white. That would never happen, obviously, guys. But it's, it's nice to imagine. I saw some pictures this week on the internet of Brady in the Jet uniform, and that made me laugh. And Joe Namath, just so you know, guys, did give the say-so today, officially, for Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady to wear the number 12 if needed. If he comes to the Jets, that's an official thing that actually happened. You can Google that up. Now let's get into these playoff picks, guys, real quick, and we'll get out of here. Kansas City versus Jacksonville, guys. Um, we won't break it down too much. I think Kansas City's offense is going to be too much for them. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars run has been nice, but I see a W for the Chiefs here. What do you think, Will? I think Jacksonville's run continues. I think it's a shock around the world. Oh, man. I'm going to say Jacksonville advances. Jackson, Wookie running with Jacksonville, kind of like Sammy last year with the Bengals, had the faith. What do you think, Sammy? How do you think that same game's going to shake out? I, I think Kansas City's going to be too much. I got Kansas City over Jacksonville. And Mike, Michael's official pick is also the Kansas City Chiefs, guys. Now, Cincinnati versus Buffalo, man. Cincinnati's not happy this game is being played in Buffalo, as we know. But it is what it is, guys. I did not like how the Bills looked last week, but this team we know is probably the most well-rounded team in the entire NFL. Cincinnati's good. Cincinnati's the hottest team in the league. Eight wins in a row. I mean, there's nothing you can say about it, guys. Finished the season off with seven wins, one last week. I think it's going to be a tough one for the Bills, though. What do you think, Wook, when it comes to Cincinnati-Buffalo? Who do you think is taking a W? I think it's, uh, in the end, I think being in Buffalo is going to edge it out for the Bills. I think the Bills will figure out a way to be better. I don't know how much better on defense. But uh, they're going to continue to score points with any team in the league. So if, if it gets to a shootout, I'm not worried there for the Bills. But, uh, yeah, I got them I got them advancing. Yeah, what do you think, Sammy? Bills, Cincinnati, tremendous game last year. We know the Bengals came out on top. What do you think is going to happen this year? I'm picking Cincinnati again. Those are my boys. <laughs> Plus, my Cincinnati friends would hate if I didn't pick the Bengals. Yeah. So I'm going with the Bengals. I, I, I just... I think they played down a little bit to the Ravens last week, knowing Lamar Jackson was out. I think they're going to want to show everybody what they started a couple weeks ago. 
Um, and they're, I think they're going to come out and score a lot of points on this team. I agree. I actually think that the Bengals are going to win also, Sammy. I don't have, I don't know why. I didn't like how Buffalo looked last week. I think the Bengals are hot. The Bengals are not making mistakes. Their quarterback is playing awesome. Their defense is super underrated. They have weapons everywhere on this team. So I like Cincinnati to upset Buffalo. I wish Mike was here because Mike also picked Cincinnati and he would probably pick the Bengals and added a little bit of Josh Allen hate right on top and tell you how much he sucked and how overrated he is, how much of a bum he is. We all know it. He's a scrub in Mike's head. A scrub in Mike's head, and we're never going to change his mind on that one, guys. Now, we got two more games left. All right, Dallas-San Francisco, guys. I think Dallas looked tremendous last week, and I think this week they're going to win this game versus San Francisco. I think Dak Prescott probably played one of his better games he's played all season last week. Looked tremendous. Their team looked great. Pretty well-rounded team. Their defense is legit. Let me throw it to you, Sammy. What do you think when it comes to Dallas, San Francisco? How do you think this game's going to shake out? I think Dallas takes this L. I don't think, I think Debo, Kittle, McCaffrey, Mitchell, Ayuk, I think it's going to be too much. I think too much? Kittle's going to, I think Kittle will feast over the middle. They'll probably shut Debo down pretty well, but someone on that offense is going to, is going to have a big day. And I think it's going to be McCaffrey out of the backfield and Kittle over the middle. Um, and I think that defense is going to be too much and we'll see. Dak 0.0 this week. <laughs> you know, the first half last week, Brock Purdy did not look that good, but his stats always end up looking good if you throw a pass three yards and Debo runs at 75 yards for you. So, I mean, a lot of weapons on that team. How do you think this is going to shake out this weekend? Dallas versus San Francisco, Wilkie, a rekindling of one of the greatest rivalries of all time. Who do you think is going to win this one? It's going to be tough. It's going to be one of the best matchups that I think I've seen in a, in a long time. Every, uh, they're both rolling. They're both exciting offenses when they're going the way they should be. The defenses are really good. Um, I'm going to roll along with a little Purdy magic here. I think uh, San Fran pulls it out again. There you go, guys. All right. No one rolling with the Cowboys once again, besides me, because Michael Lagaris also has their San Francisco 49ers to take a win, guys. Let's get into this last game. Last, but definitely not least, for the big whoop. New York Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles, the number one seed in the NFC Wookiee. You guys played them twice this year. Now, the game a couple weeks ago, really, Giants didn't even play their starters. They kind of just chilled out. That was a little bit of a... That game, put that one aside. They lost, but who cares, right? I don't even think Lawrence played a lot of snaps that game. Uh, but when it came to that first game, the Eagles did handle the Giants, and they put 48 points up. So none of that shit matters now, though, does it? This is playoffs. That Giant team that was playing last week, I know you probably want... You don't want Jones running 17 times, but when you get to the playoffs, whatever you have to do to win, you do. Right? You don't want Daniel Jones running 70 times during the regular season, whoop every game. That'd be insane. During the no, playoffs, do it every game. During the playoffs, run 25 times if it means you win. But what do you think? I'm getting off kilter here. But what do you think, Wookie? How do you see this game going? You think the Giants are going to take a win versus the Eagles in Philadelphia? I absolutely think we're going to take a win in Philadelphia. I think, uh, as Sammy mentioned earlier, uh, Hertz is still banged up. I mean, to what degree, we don't know, but that's gonna that could be an issue. I I think we are gonna see the Daniel Jones from last week. I think we are gonna see the defense, uh, the the entire team that we saw the, uh, last week, and I think we're gonna come out of there with a gigantic W. And at that point, I, I might not be able to contain myself. <laughs> I like it. The Wook picked the two biggest underdogs this week: Jacksonville eight and a half underdogs. Giants seven and a half point underdogs. Wookie's rolling with both. I think that we be that pick is possibly made with the heart, but you also do have some substance to it. I think the Giants have a team that matches up pretty decent with the Eagles. And look, the Eagles have won a lot of games this year, and their team is tremendous, and their defense especially is just absolutely ridiculous. Their defensive line is awesome. I don't know if it's going to be as easy for Jones to do what he did last week to the Eagles, 
But I'll tell you what, man, Daniel Jones looked great. And if he plays even close to that, Giants do have a real shot. What do you think, Sammy, when it comes to the Giants and the Eagles? How do you think this one's going to go? Um, I think the Eagles are going to pull it out. Uh, I, that Eagles defense is really opportunistic. They have some really talented guys in the secondary. They're fast. Um, I don't I don't see J Daniel Jones getting the freedom with his legs that he had last week. And I think a lot of his success is built on that from what I watched. Um, so if he can't get that separation and freedom, defenses don't go soft and come and fill the box yeah. and leave those guys open. So I, I think Daniel Jones struggles and I think the Eagles take out that, that win this week. I just want to say too, guys, now the Wook, you have Jacksonville, Buffalo, and Giants, and you went against all your, everyone else on the show in those three picks. So if you get those all right, and we're all wrong, this is pretty much over with. You pretty much win the whole entire playoff battle this week. I mean, but you get them all wrong. The big if. Big if right there. Um, but I do wish the Giants luck this weekend. Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence is just like, we have Q, and Q's a beast too, but Dexter Lawrence is the same thing, maybe like 2% better to me. He's just a bigger guy, doing the same things at the same team, just a little bit even bigger. And he just, you just can't block him. I don't no. know what you're going to do. You put two guys on him, he throws the two guys. You know, which, <laughs> which as a Jet fan, we're seeing with Quinnen. But if they single him, when he gets singled, he just, he literally destroys every offensive lineman put in front of him if you try to single block. If you try to block him with one guy. Lord, oh, he's a monster. Right? Yeah, and that's, I mean, it hurts, his, it hurts, obviously, his mobility is tremendous. But if he's compromised in any way because of an injury, I don't know. This could be, Dexter Lawrence could wreck a game. So if he's not 100% like the look said, hey, man, you never know. You never know here. I mean, that's why the playoffs are tremendous, guys. You know, this was a great job by the three of us to put this together on the fly. We'll see how everything shakes out for next week. We'll see what happens with Lamar Jackson by this time next week. Uh, if there's anything further going on with him. And we'll tally up the points. See who's ahead in the playoff race next week as well. All right, everybody. Now, if you do want to get us on social media, just type in the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. I normally have Mike to give you the specifics. Your boy doesn't remember anything. These guys, now I don't remember anything. I don't even go on social media for any reason, basically. So I'm bad with those type of things. But if you type in Ain't Easy Being Green Podcast, we're everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes, okay? We're trying our best on YouTube, even though 98% of you will just download us on Apple and Spotify. Find us everywhere. So on behalf of the number one tight end in football history, the big Wookiee Nick Kronk, on behalf of the greatest high school football coach in the nation today at wrestling and at, and at football, Sammy O'Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. Get us next week, everybody. Peace out. Hey, this is your name. Your name. Your name. And, uh, they say it ain't easy. Gang Green. Gang Green. Have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. <gasps> We're talking about the process at which we do things. I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the ground. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep. Own this rep. The New York Jets. We can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Yeah.